Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike. That's Doug. Dude, what a great way to start with a little frog in your throat. <clears throat> Hello, and welcome to the Phlegm podcast. My name is <clears throat> Mike. <clears throat> like George Takei. <clears throat> Have you been bitten by the cold, dude? Actually, I had it weeks ago, but I'm still obviously suffering something. I had it in January, and my kid had it last week, and I spent the whole week with her at home and I knew I was going to get it and I'm fighting I'm I am I am fighting like Scott Parker right now yeah. I guess it's cold I'm trying everything I can to 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 keep it off dude uh because I'm in a show oh, oh I'm growing a mustache too <laughs> just for the show oh sure you are dude super troopers <laughs> super troopers the musical oh I wish it was that <laughs> everybody would love to come and see that dude uh, but it is playoff time, dude. It is our favorite time of year, and we are fortunate that the Sharkies are part of the playoffs this year. We were not sure that that would happen, and they uh, played well enough to get the third seed in the Pacific Division. They did not play well enough to hold on to the second seed in the Pacific Division, dude. Which looked like that's exactly what they were going to get for a very long time, and then they just ate it right they at the did. end of the season. They did. They ate it. They ate it at the end, dude, which is too bad. Um they were not able to finish strong to hold on to that second seed. So instead, they will be visiting the Anaheim Ducks Again. to start the playoffs, dude. It's happened a lot of times. A lot of, a lot of series between those two teams. I can think of many. Think of the game one fight between Joe Thornton and Ryan Getzlaff. <laughs> think of the... Uh, terrible matchup in uh, yeah. 2008 yeah. when the Sharks won the President's Trophy. You could think of uh, many instances where the the Sharks have played the Ducks in the playoffs. It's it's going to be another great series. Yeah, it's exciting, dude. I, I I wish that this season had ended in different fashion, so that the games could be here in San Jose to start. But uh, the Sharks certainly have had the Ducks number this year and were very successful against them. So, um. I feel as confident as you can, you know, uh, as a three seed playing a two seed that the Sharks have a strong chance of coming out of this series. And the way that the playoff bracket has aligned that, uh, you know, as we've said for weeks that uh, any team, I think from excluding Vegas, any team (laughs) from this Pacific bracket could come out and they would be waiting for the winner of the Nashville-Winnipeg series, which I think is going to be a barn burner. Yeah. And you know the Pacific Division, not that the second round and first round series for the Sharks wouldn't be challenging. I think it would be. But it might not be as difficult as the other side. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about matchups. It's all about luck. And will the Sharks uh, seem to have gotten the matchup that on paper that might have been what they wanted, not the ice advantage that they wanted. No, will they get a little bit of luck to go with it, dude? Are you? I know we talked a lot about Anaheim or the Kings in the previous weeks, and are you knowing now what you know? Are you happy, happier that we're facing the Ducks versus 
The Kings. The Kings are not bad. Yeah, I wouldn't say happier. I think I honestly I didn't care. Like I think that I think the Sharks can beat either of them. Um, this is not the same situation that when you used to play either the Kings or the Ducks and and you felt fear. Right. Like as a fan, I don't feel that. Like I I think these teams are all on even playing fields or even ice, dude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that you know the series are essentially god dude we're a disaster (laughs) vocally (laughs) essentially a toss-up like i think that you know you could play a seven game series six different times between these teams and it might end up different every time Mm -hmm. so no i don't fear this anaheim team like i did four or five years ago right I think that this, this Sharks team has a chance to knock them off, and they also have a chance to knock off the Kings. I think that they would be just as concerned about the Sharks as we were about them. Right. Whereas I don't think that was the case five years ago. Dude, right? for me, the number one key to this series, which I don't know if we'll ever, ever find out the answer, is how healthy is Evander Kane? To me, that is the one thing that I believe will affect the Sharks' result more than any other thing. How yeah. how well is Evander Kane going to be able to perform? Because, what do you have, 14 points in a Sharks uniform for not that much time? And, and the guy really brought a huge boost to the offense of this team. And against the Wild, which I don't know if that's a game we really want to talk too much about, frankly, uh, he was not very visible. I, I don't know exactly the nature of his injury, but if he's going to play as a guy who's excited to be in the playoffs and he's really fighting an injury, then I'm not super optimistic for the Sharks' chances. Yeah, the Sharks didn't play well since he took that hit. I mean, and that's the truth. I mean, he took that hit, dude, uh, in the Nashville game, right? Mm-hmm. And since then, he's played only twice. He has no points, and he's a minus two. Uh, he did play 21 minutes against Minnesota, which I think is encouraging at least that he was able to play that much. Mm-hmm. But I think you've hit it right on the head, dude, that uh, if Evander Kane is not Evander Kane, the player that we saw just completely lighted up since coming to San Jose, uh, be a dominant force, the player that you know has finished the year with 29 goals, if he's not that guy because he's got a wrist injury, Sharks are going to be hard-pressed to win this series. Yeah, that's the case. And the Sharks have had troubles with offense all season. And, you know, having not having him effective on the power play is not going to help either. So Right. And, and, and you know, you look at their win streak that they rattled off here. Uh, they had five goals, four goals, seven goals, five goals, six goals, only two. And then five and four, all games that they won, they didn't have any problems with offense there. And he was a regular contributor during that win streak in terms of minutes, shots, goals, points, right in the middle of all of it. Another person who was involved in that streak for the majority of it that also got hit by the injury bug, and it almost sounds hilarious to even mention it as a key, dude, but I'm going to bring it up too. The loss of Eric Fair, you know, without Eric Fair at the end of the year, the Sharks went 2-5. and five. Um, The effectiveness of that fourth line went downhill pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. And you look at the Sharks with him and without, <laughs> it's not the same impact as having Evander Kane. Sure. But it does lengthen your lineup quite a bit when you have a fourth line that is 
able to play responsibly in both ends and actually be offensively credible. Right. That's true. And that's been the Sharks. One of the big stories for the Sharks this year is their balanced attack. They have a lot of different guys with a lot of points. They have a lot of different players with 10 goals. You know, they have one of the most balanced scoring attacks in the NHL. And if they're suddenly playing the fourth line eight minutes, that's really going to change the effectiveness of this team. And you're going to allow your opponent to exploit matchups the way they want and things like that which is frankly talk about exploiting matchups that's something the sharks should be able to do hopefully will be able to do against the ducks because they have they're not healthy either right well yeah i mean they're missing cam fowler which i think uh you know unless you're in a time machine and you want to say francois Beauchemin is their best defenseman <laughs> uh you know uh he is their uh top one or one of their top two blue liners and he's out he's uh you know been been given a, a two to six week time period. So I guess we could see him possibly return near the end of this series, but you wouldn't be banking on it. And, uh, you know, the, the headline uh, today is that uh, John Gibson could be ready for game one. But, um, you know, I also read that Joe Thornton could play in this series. So we know what that means. Right. I mean, he's not playing in this series, dude. You know, it'd be very surprising if he was. Uh, but for the Ducks to have to put Ryan Miller out there instead of John Gibson, uh, to me, that is a significant change in their net if you're playing Miller over Gibson. Although he has had a pretty respectable year sure. statistically sure Ryan he, Miller, he who, has you know i mean he finished uh essentially 12 and 12 uh with a 2.35 goals against and a 928 save percentage so yeah he did not have a bad year um but i would still rather see a over the hill ryan miller mm-hmm. than a young stud like john gibson so right, right uh there's no question about that so with fowler out the sharks Another big question is, are the Sharks going to be able to exploit that third D pairing? Because that third D pairing is two guys I never heard of. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at, uh, you know, they have uh, Walensky, Pedersen, Holzner. You know, you've got guys there. I mean, because remember, Kevin BX isn't playing either, which I don't know if that's really a a negative for them. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, can the Sharks find a matchup or a way... To exploit that, if Eric Fair is healthy, if Barkley Goudreau is healthy, if they feel like they have a full complement of bottom six forwards to go at that third pairing, then that could be the difference in this series because we know the Ducks are going to be stronger down the middle, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. They've got Getzloff and Kessler and and Henrique will match up against Pavelski and Katurin and Tierney. It's not a complete overmatch, but but it is the nod goes to the Ducks. And sure. But in terms of exploiting that matchup, the Sharks definitely have a better core six of defense. And I think if Gibson is is not 100%, they have the edge in goal. So uh, can the Sharks find a way to be, and what the irony would be is if their bottom six is what beats the Ducks, which is what the Sharks had such a hard time with when they faced the Ducks years ago. That's right. That's right. The Rob Niedermeyer, Travis Moan years. Yeah, Sammy Paulson. Sammy like, Paulson you know, years. Uh, it was that line that just right. completely baffled the Sharks, right? They just <laughs> were unable to, to do anything against them. And 
this bottom six for the Sharks is not composed in the same way as those guys are, but I think have a little more skill. But still, um, if you can find a way to get long... There's no good way out of the way. (laughs) If you can find a way to get depth and in order to lengthen your lineup. Thank you. It could give the Sharks an advantage. Right. And and to me, it's about, you know, Pete DeBoer likes to do certain matchups. You know, there was an interesting article in The Athletic from Tyler Dello about how Pete DeBoer uh, used Vlasic very heavily in defensive zone faceoffs, um, more so than almost any other defenseman in the league. Uh, if Pete DeBoer really likes to make that matchup, can he exploit that third-pairing defenseman, get out a dangerous scoring line against those guys sometimes? Be harder, obviously, in Anaheim, with Anaheim having the last change. But if DeBoer really wants to heavily stress that, can he make uh, the Ducks play that third pairing less? Or can he exploit that third pairing and put maybe the first and second pairing have to play a lot more minutes? Right. You want Either, Francois Beauchemin out there for 32 minutes. Right. Either way, you're you're getting an advantage if you're able to do that. you know, Because the, the Ducks are going to have to ride Beauchemin, Lindholm, Manson, and and Montador, uh, Montour, sorry, yeah, quite Montour. a bit, you know. So, um, which is not exactly a murderer's row of defensemen either. Yeah, I those mean those four. I mean, I, I'll certainly take uh, Burns, Braun, Vlasic <laughs> over those guys. Sure, yeah, I, and and the Sharks have an advantage there. Um, you know, in terms of uh, penalties, dude. Uh, let's look at this stat really quick. I'm going to look up and see. Uh, in terms of penalty minutes, where Anaheim fell uh, in the league. Let's see. Penalty minutes, dude. Uh, <clears throat> Anaheim was the fifth most penalized team in the NHL. So if you're dealing with that, right, like if you are the Sharks and you're going to play Anaheim, which, you know, uh, do you, I'll give you a guess. Who is the most penalized team? I don't know if you'll figure it out. The In the top five, two of them made the playoffs. Bruins. Nashville. No kidding. Nashville, most penalized. So Calgary, Florida, and Dallas are two, three, four. All of them did not make the playoffs. And Anaheim comes in at fifth. So if you look at the Sharks, who were 26th, if they can maintain their composure, again, this is not uh, your mom and dad's Anaheim Ducks. It's not the same thing as we had to go through before, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 years ago. Right. But, um, they still play a physical game and they take a lot of penalties. If you can make them pay when they take a penalty, you score. That's going to change how they play, which could also, uh, it sounds very simple, but it plays to the Sharks' advantage, too. Right. And, and Kessler certainly makes his money off annoying players on the other team. And, and Absolutely. One, of, one of the big questions I have is which line is are they going to put Kessler out against? Will he be facing Couture or Pavelski? That's the the question. One of the in, more interesting questions in my mind: Are they going to switch him around? Are, he's definitely going to try to get into the head of whomever he is facing in the dot. Uh, if you can get Kessler to take a couple dumb penalties, not that he does it that often, uh, can can the Sharks then make him think twice about doing something stupid or aggravating something or? agitating yeah. in a certain way and and that might work to the sharks advantage that's the question yeah that's a good point and you know i think we were 
speculating that maybe they would put him up against the Couture line, that maybe Logan would be a little bit easier to rattle than Joe Pavelski. Um, we shall see. Yeah, we shall see. Dude, I think we have... Uh we have successfully avoided talking about all those losses <laughs> that just happened, including the uh, sort of really sad loss to Minnesota, as opposed and the uh, just the breakdown they did against Dallas. So I think we've said enough about those, haven't we? Fantastic. Let's talk about some of the other playoff matchups, dude, because we are now about to enter into the two best weeks of the year in terms of NHL hockey. We will have multiple games on every night. That will be fun. Face and uh, in, you know include really good teams, uh, really good matchups, and you'll see teams very excited to be playing in the playoffs. So, dude, let's talk about what's going on. I'm going to pull open the odds. Uh, let's let's start with the West, right? So we have you know Vegas versus LA. LA made it. Um, if we look at the odds, it's a little bit uh, more even than uh, you would uh, look at their point totals and uh, their seedings. The Kings are only minus one thirty. Uh, the Kings, basically, you have to bet $130 to win 100 That's a much more even matchup than I would expect for two reasons. One is because the Knights had a lot more points than Kings did. And two, a lot of the betting takes place in Vegas. And you would expect uh, the money to be going on Vegas, which would stretch which would stretch the line a little bit. But anyway, um, do what do you think about this series? I mean, you've never been a believer in the Knights this entire season. Are You, th- you think the, the Knights will lose this first-round matchup? Well, dude, uh, I think it's very possible that they will lose this first round matchup. I got to say that uh, this also, and it will be a key theme probably throughout, is health. You know, uh, Vegas has had a lot of health issues. Riley Smith's been hurt. It looks like David Perron is not going to play at the beginning of the series. But there's some health issues on the Kings side as well that I wasn't aware of till just right now. Just Jake, right now. Jake Muzzin and Derek Fortbert. Uh, two of their main defensemen, it looks like they're going to be out. Wow. Um, maybe not for the whole series, but it doesn't look like they're going to play initially. So um, does that hurt the Kings? I think it hurts the Kings significantly. Jake Muzzin's that, that a big They're going to be uh, without uh, those two two players, and um, it's also possible that they may be without Alex Ayafalo, who has been a uh, pleasant surprise for them uh, with 25 points in 75 games. So the Kings a little banged up. Do they have enough depth with Dowdy and Alec Martinez and Dion Phaneuf uh, on on the back end to recover from that? I don't know. Um, I'm feeling less confident about picking this upset uh, than I did. And actually, now that we're digging into it, I kind of wish we were playing the Kings. Uh, instead of the Ducks, seeing that these yeah. two players are going to be out... Um, Although Jeff Carter does seem to consistently kill us. He does. And, and it, I mean, the question here is, are the Kings going to be able to dictate the style of play? Or is this going to be a bunch of 6-4 games, which is the way Vegas wants it? Right. Right? Um, they want William Carlson to have breakaways all over the ice. Right. That's what they want. If the Kings are able to dictate the style, which I suppose they will, if Jonathan Quick will be the player that, he typically is in the playoffs and Fleury will be the player that we expect he would have been this year mm-hmm. and everything comes back down to earth. Then, you know, the Kings at you, what did you say? They're plus one ten. I mean, that's uh, you know, uh, the sharks right now are even money. They're the, the shortest dog or right. the ducks are the shortest favorite 
Uh, Vegas at minus 130, the second shortest. It really emphasizes our whole point that the Pacific is up for grabs. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, uh, dude, I'm going to call the Kings in this series. I'm going to say Kings and Six, um, that they win it in L.A., and that they win the first game. I think they're going to win the game, the game one in Vegas, and that will be sort of the pin that pops the balloon. I think Vegas will win game one, but I think the Kings will win the series because it's going to be such a, a rallying cry for that city. They're so excited about the Golden Knights. They're going to win that first game, and they're going to be riding high, and then they're going to meet a nice big punch in the face of reality. Right. And uh, I... I I like the Kings in this series, although you're right. If if two of those defensemen, if, if Muzzin and Forpert are both out, that doesn't really – that's not going to help them in the in the next round for right, sure. Right, right. Uh, but I think they still have enough to beat the Knights here. Which could – I mean, it, and, you know, we don't want to project ahead, but, you know, it could make it a tasty second-round matchup if those guys start on a little to go, but, you know, maybe they'll be back any moment. You know, it right. looks like they're listed as probable, not uh, – necessarily out although actually i'm seeing that Derek fortbert will definitely not be ready in time uh for the playoffs so he is out for sure dude if we look at the other two series in the west neither of them are very even of course the national predators are the best team in the nhl uh they're a gigantic favorite uh over whoever it is that they're playing nobody cares who they're playing actually it happens to be the colorado avalanche but the preds are minus 400 it's it's a, a ridiculous uh, uh a ridiculous overmatching Avalanche uh, did a good job to make the playoffs. Uh, their path will definitely end here. Yeah, I, there's really not a whole heck of a lot else to say about this, dude. Um, this is over. The, Jet, <laughs> the Jets are actually a bigger favorite over the wild than I would normally expect, although I don't know the status of Zach Parise. Uh, Ryan Suter broke his leg, and he will be out for the remainder of the season, so that's a huge hit against the wild. Ryan Suter plays every... right. Every single situation, shorthanded, power play, everything else, uh, so that their number one defenseman being out will not help them. But if Prize's in, the Wild can be dangerous. Um, but you know, it seems like uh, the Jets have some really high scores this year, and, and they're going to be too much. Well, I'll tell you one reason why the Minnesota Wild are a guaranteed first-round loss, and it's not Bruce Boudreaux. What? It's that they have Daniel Winnick on the team. That's basically, <laughs> you know, like wearing a kryptonite necklace. <laughs> uh, Parisi is listed as healthy to play. I guess he just got a night off, dude. Okay. I mean, the other thing, too, is that, you know, uh, Jared Spurgeon hasn't played in quite a while, and he's supposedly going to be able to play, but he hasn't played in a long time. So right, right. Um, I think the Wild, for a combination of reasons, one of them being that their coach is just uh, the – you know, Flintstones follies of playoffs. I mean, this guy <laughs> can't find his way yeah. uh, to a victory that uh, Minnesota, I think, will be an easy out. Dude, I'm going to say this is a, a short series. Uh, I think this is a short series. I think that Winnipeg and Nashville could both cakewalk into the second round, um, which for both of them, they really they need to do that because that series, Jets, Preds, that's going to be some fun. Yeah. I'm looking forward to watching that. Dude, in the East, what do you see as the the most entertaining series? It's not close. Uh, dude, the Devil's Lightning. Yes, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> dude, the Leafs Bruins is must-see TV. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. I'm a little surprised at Vegas making Boston a 180 favorite. 
Um, is that 180 or 60? 160. 160 favorite, dude. That's still, I think, too high. Um, and the Leafs are, you know, plus 140, which means if you went to Vegas, you'd have to bet $160 to win uh, $100 <clears throat> on uh, on the Bruins, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, uh, I think we saw what the Leafs, they gave the Capitals – Everything they could handle last year. And they're and, better this and year. And they're better this year. Yep. So, I I don't know, dude. Why why is Boston good? Can you explain it to me? I can't. I can't. I, I mean, Tuka Rask is, as a, as a guy who likes to wax uh, poetic about uh, different goalies and how there's an upper tier of goalies and then this gigantic sort of middle uh, tier of goalies, Tuka Rask is in the... Th- the three, four, five top goalies in the NHL. I think that's a big reason why they're not giving up a lot of goals. Um, Zdeno Chara is still on the team. He's still playing well. Um, and, of course, Brad Marchand has turned from a pest into a pesky 35-goal scorer, which is a right. hell of a combination. Right. That guy is very difficult to stop, and he will make you mad in the process. And, of course, they have the best defensive forward in the NHL, they should just retitle the Selkie the Patrice Bergeron Trophy, um, despite uh, you know so the uh, you know the merits of some other forwards in the league. Uh, so I think that's that's a big part of it, and I think they've gotten some some extra contributions from some of these players that are not household names as well. So you know that that secondary scoring aspect for the Bruins has really picked up, and and I don't think anybody expected them to be this good. So. Uh, the question is, can they continue to ride it? I, you know, I think I might be picking uh, the Leafs in this series. I, I, I like, uh, I like where they're going. I like the trajectory the team is on. Uh, they have a good mix of veterans like Patrick Marlowe, which is obviously a new player to have in the locker room at playoff time, uh, to some of these young guys that are amazing, like Austin Matthews and William Nylander. I, you know, it's certainly uh, they're they're a fun team to watch, and maybe uh, I'm just being a little. Um, sentimental about it, but uh, I'm. I think I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the Leafs here. I'm gonna take Boston, dude. But I think it's gonna go seven. Um, I'm just gonna go with the team with the home ice. I do think Boston's blue line is significantly better than yeah, Toronto's. That's true. Which I think is gonna be the tipping point here. They've had some injury problems with McAvoy and Krug, uh, and Char all being out. They're all uh, not listed on the injury report right now. So. I think that's the difference uh, until Toronto can add someone else other than Ron Hainsey <laughs> to their blue line. Yeah. Then I just don't think that that's quite good enough. Like, I don't think it's quite good enough, but it's going to be fun and it's going to be a lot for them to handle um, in terms of uh, the pressure that Toronto is going to put on Boston just endlessly. Um, will they feel more pressure this year to do well was last year they almost weren't even supposed to be there right right yeah i i think i might be uh going for the leafs more because i just think it would be a better story and it will be more entertaining to see them win as opposed sure. to these sort of same characters that we've seen for so many years in boston right. um this is not this is not the same team though i mean like no, this it's is a not. different team i mean all the main players are still there you got rask and char right. and bergeron and marchand right and then but the supporting cast you're right has largely swapped out can frederick anderson play well in the playoffs right i mean like that's that's the question mm-hmm. 
Um, it's going to be fun, dude. I, I, I'm looking forward to watching that series. Dude, what's the second best series in the East here? Um, the second best series is Columbus and Washington. I think that that could go either way, and Vegas seems to agree. I mean, Washington is a very short favorite at one minus 125. And, um, you know, this is uh, an, a reflection of a few things, dude. Uh, you've got the Capitals and and their goaltending situation. Uh, Philip Grubauer is starting in goal yeah. for the Washington Capitals because he's outperformed Holpe, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, Holpe, who was a Vezina right. contender last year. So, I mean, I don't fault Barry Trotz for doing it. It's just if you're an odds maker, you look at that, you go, hmm, you know, I don't know, right? I, I'm not sure I feel complete confidence that Grubauer is going to be the answer, but you also got to figure that he has a pretty short leash. And, you know, I think you're looking for stability, right? When you go into the playoffs, not a lot of drama, things like that. And uh, there seems to be a little drama in Washington. And there's the heat is on there again. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, the heat is on for Barry Trotz, who could very well be coaching his last game in Washington. If they don't win this series, like if they don't win this series, dude, if they don't go to the, Eastern Conference Finals. Right. I think he's in trouble because uh, losing to Pittsburgh again yeah. is not going to you know, wipe anybody's memory, dude. That's true. That's true. Dude, of all the teams that are in the playoffs, certainly the Vegas Golden Knights are the most surprising. I would say the second most surprising, frankly, are the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. I did not pick the Flyers to get anywhere close to the playoffs. Right. They are playing the Pittsburgh Penguins. They are definitely big underdogs, but... Claude Giroux has resurrected his career. Yeah, dude. I I read something really interesting about this series, which actually I'm I'm surprised that Pittsburgh is only a minus two twenty five. So I think, and I'm going to get this wrong, but I think that they in the four times they played this year, Pittsburgh scored five goals in every game, <laughs> or more, or more. So, um, yeah, that's not a good sign. And I think this. Uh, Philly is not ready for this. And I think that they're they're in they're in a happy to be there situation. Yeah, I yeah, I don't think it's going to be you know embarrassing, but I think it might be embarrassing. <laughs> I actually I think the Devils will give the Lightning more of a run than the Flyers are going to give Pittsburgh. See, I th- I I disagree because the the Devils I I read was reading an article and Taylor Hall is a true MVP candidate. And without Taylor Hall, the Devils would not even be close to a playoff uh, position. And I think the Lightning have so much D and so much ability uh, in their third and fourth lines to shut guys down. Not that Taylor Hall hasn't been facing that all year, but if you're going to face seven games of the best the Lightning have to offer, you take Taylor Hall out of the equation, the Devils fold. It's over for them. Yeah, that's true. So that, that's the only thing I say, and the Lightning are the better team. Uh, than, than the Penguins. I would take the Lightning over the Penguins every day of the week. I got to say, with all the intrigue in last year's playoffs, right? You know, we had a lot of a lot of upsets, a lot of going back and looking at, at the games last year, a lot of road teams winning on the first night, Sharks mm-hmm. included, right? Right. Um, I don't think we're going to have that much intrigue. I think you can look at, you know, at least half of these series and feel confident that, you know, Tampa is going to win that series. And, 
Um, you've got the Predators are going to win that series, and and you've got um, what was the other one? The dude? Wild. <clears throat> no, not no. The, I, the wild I, I think the, I think the Jets. the Jets. I mean, I I don't think that's going to be much of a series, and I think Pittsburgh is going to walk past the Flyers. That you got half of the series could be fairly short, and they're not good matchups, and then the others. Are have le- different levels of intrigue, right? Mm-hmm. That you know they could be pretty intense series. So, in terms for the overall uh, NHL playoffs, you know, where last year you had Chicago getting swept, which right. nobody saw that coming. Nope. St. Louis beating Minnesota, nobody really saw that coming either. And then Edmonton making a mighty run, right? Mm-hmm. Um. There were just a lot of – and Ottawa. I mean, geez, Ottawa. Yeah. I mean, you know, Ottawa being the team that just metrically had no business being there, and then they found their way all the way, right? Yep. So um, all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Dude, it's an exciting time. Let's end with a prediction for the Sharks series. Dude, what do you predict? Dude, I'm going to say Sharks in six um, because I, I, I think that they will find a way to win – I think they're going to win uh, on Thursday. I think they'll win game one. And it'll be all the keys that we have highlighted will all come true because I'm feeling very, very optimistic, dude. Dude. I I think it comes down to the Sharks have better D. And uh, if Eric Fair can play, which I hope he can, that will lengthen the lineup enough that the Sharks will get it done. Dude, I'd say Sharks in seven. I think they're going to win game one and game seven in – Anaheim. Yeah. And then they're going to break our hearts all throughout the middle. <laughs> That's my pick. Well, dude, uh, it's playoff time. Everybody start growing their beards or their mustaches, whatever works for you. And we will be back uh, at some point. Actually, we're not, we have another little hiatus coming. You're going to be traveling, dude. Traveling so, all next week, which so, is. So uh, we probably won't be back until the end of this series. So, That's right. Uh, you can look for some of our comments about the series on Twitter as. Uh, as the playoff goes but uh until next time dude go Go sharks. sharks hate the show want to get your questions on the air email questions at dudes on hockey.com dudes on hockey is not affiliated with the san jose sharks organization or the national hockey league